Welcome to part one of Health System CIO's interview with John Henderson, VP and CIO at Chalk Children's. In this segment, Henderson talked about the steps leadership took to help ease the transition to remote work, IT's role in the organization-wide strategy to create a digital experience, and what it was that appealed to him about Chalk Children's. Okay, so I think the best place to start is to get a little background information of Chalk Children's. And so you have you have the two hospitals, correct? Or how would you uh, how do you, you kind of characterize that setup? Yes, I would characterize this as a two hospital system, one main campus, which is our Chalk Orange campus, but a two hospital health system with over 25 primary care locations and another uh, 30 plus specialty clinics. And it's serving a pretty populated area, I would guess, as far as, far as Orange County. Yes, yes, serving the entire Orange County region area uh, and a little bit beyond. Uh, we also, you know, I'll say if you think about it from a population perspective, uh, probably population uh, reach of around 4 million. Okay. In terms of the pandemic and how it impacted your strategy, how does your staff look in terms of uh, remote versus in-office? IT, we're about 90% fully remote. Only folks okay. that are on site are, are field support, uh, some of the network engineers, depending on the projects and gear they're having to touch, and then our communications center. I think we're about 1,300 across uh, Chalk that's remote since uh, the pandemic. We were not a remote work organization prior to the pandemic. There was a big, big cultural uh, issue around remote work. <laughs> but oh, uh, oh, I bet. That was actually a common thing that we heard that organizations just had not done that. And can you talk about kind of how your team was able to, to make that adjustment? Sure. Um, so I think for us, we were in a really good position to make the switch. Um, I've been in shop for right now three and a half years. And one of the things we've been focused on the last three years is modernizing our data center. And so we had, we had completed phase two of that right before the pandemic, which really meant, means we moved everything off-premise to a co-located facility, brand new infrastructure and architecture, plenty of capacity, some, some cloud. Uh, we had migrated all the applications and we had just begun moving everyone from Skype for Business over to Teams. And so once the pandemic hit, and we said, hey, we need to just push everyone remote. We basically were able to do that over a two and a half to three week time frame. Uh, and we moved around 1,100 folks remote. Um, and so we were, we were positioned well um, just because of all the work that had been done with the data center. So we didn't have to buy any new capacity. It was really more around education. And so here's the tools that you're going to use to connect remotely. So... Uh, we set up what we call the remote enablement center and it was walk-in you could come in we were open you know 12 hours 7a to 7p and anyone could come in and we would configure their talk device uh, their corporate device for vpn connectivity and they went home and were able to start working remote okay i imagine that there was an adjustment period just with things like how people are used to communicating and you know, really kind of staying in touch. Yeah, that, that was a big adjustment. One of the things that we, we did, we held a lot of virtual learning sessions. So we 
with our organizational development group, uh, one of our managers who's over our clinical training, they've created some virtual learning modules with here's how you leverage teams, here's some of the 101 foundational aspects of it, uh, and what each type of communication vehicle within teams uh, was best suited for. So we did a lot of that education and awareness. And then as part of kind of our overarching organizational communication, we would send out every day, we would send out what we would call our source of truth information, anything we wanted uh, anyone in the organization to know about. And so we started on Tuesdays, we would have a tech section within that. And so anything new or anything we want to reinforce to the folks working remotely, uh, we would communicate those things out. We also started putting together a library of best practices for managing remotely. How do you stay connected? We started promoting, if you normally go have coffee with or tea with one of your coworkers in the morning, still do that. Just do that over a video conference. And right. if you only have check-ins with your team, if you're a leader and you walk around to check in and just see how things are going, maybe just do that via a chat message or maybe set up office hours. Uh, where folks can just come in and out if they're available to connect with you. And so we were promoting those types of activities. Right. Yeah. And that really goes a long way, you know, with people just, just not being used to the remote world. But uh, six months later, I, I would think that that's not the case anymore. No, very true. Very true. I think from our perspective, we feel like folks have really kind of settled in uh, to the remote environment. I mean, there's obvious challenges, particularly for our associates who have kids at home and are doing remote learning and having to kind of manage that environment and work with the kids, help them with that, and then also do their, their work. So we've just been promoting extreme flexibility. Do what you have to do to support your families. And if you are working different hours um, than you would normally work, then that's fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, that really goes a long way with people. I'm one of those parents who's doing both, so it's... It, it's interesting, to say the least. <laughs> so with what you were doing to, to modernize the data center, have you been able to stay somewhat on track with that, or how has that been affected by the pandemic? Um, we've actually been able to stay on track with it. We're into our final phase, phase three of three, and that's really more around ITDR and really building out uh, our full ITDR capabilities based on our business continuity plan. So, uh, and then the other element is layering in some more advanced monitoring of the entire health from end user experience all the way back to the data center. Um, so those things haven't been delayed. We've been able to continue to move those forward. We did have a bit of a delay in a couple of, of our lifecycle refresh programs because we were so focused on moving everyone remote uh, and some of the other things we're doing to support uh, clinical operations, we took a pause with our network. We had some core network gear we had to replace that was in the life, as well as some of our devices that were in the life in the clinical setting. We got off schedule for about six weeks and we picked back up. Uh, we were able to wrap that up uh, in July of this, this summer. So that, uh, that project got closed out, but slight delay, but we think the impact of that delay wasn't as important as some of the other things that the organization needed. And, and our physicians who were receiving the benefits of uh, the new equipment, they were completely, they were very silent about the delay because mm. they 
understood what was going on. Uh, normally, uh, they wouldn't be that silent if we were to let <laughs> right. in the devices for six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this has really been part of, of a larger strategy that I, I can imagine has taken place over a, a longer period of time. Yes, yes. It's been a big part of not only modernizing our data center, but really building out kind of infrastructure and a resilience with the infrastructure. And part of it is we're a growing organization and we need to have that level of resilience and the ability to scale up. Uh, as we grow. But the other key part of the strategy really has been around, uh, I call it delivering a Disneyland experience. Since we're right next mm -hmm. to Disneyland, about say five minutes away, that's really the model that we are striving for. And so everything we, we're doing is to deliver that type of experience, whether it's for our physicians, whether it's for our nursing, nurses, uh, our administrative workforce, and our patients, patient families. Uh, so that strategy hasn't changed. It's actually, I'll say, been more amplified with COVID. We did delay the launch of our digital patient experience about two months. Um, and that was due primarily to uh, its focus was on ambulatory outpatient settings. And uh, as the operations group were focused on, uh, on their transition plans for our specialty clinics and primary care, we kind of delayed about two months. Uh, we launched in May uh, and we're really focused on the outreach. So really creating, we already do appointment reminders and confirmations, but we're kind of consolidating that through one platform. We are focused on creating the, the ability for pre-visit questionnaires to be completed prior to uh, coming in for our visits, uh, as well as being able mm -hmm. to do mobile check-ins from your smartphone. We'll also have some iPad-based kiosks uh, in the clinics uh, for, for those kind of check-ins as well. Um, we're also looking at the ability to do more on-demand messaging, whether it's tied to a specific practice or whether it's related to health maintenance activities, immunizations, different things we want to send out target communication with. Uh, and then also uh, baking into to that uh, the ability for copay and, and bill pay uh, from your mobile device and really focusing on everything being mobile right. uh, for, from that experience, from our research and from what our marketing group uh, provides to us, that's really where what everyone, how everyone wants to interact with us. And so we're trying to make sure we have the right capabilities for, for that engagement. So we're, we're moving that forward. Um, we're working on it uh, right now. We're working on our first release of those capabilities. Uh, we're targeting to have that first release uh, later this fall. And we'll just continue to expand uh, and introduce more and more capabilities uh, with it. Right. And for something like this, do you have a uh, patient family advisory group or anything like that just to really have your pulse on what families want out of the experience? Yes, so we do have a patient advisory group. Uh, we do tap into that. Uh, one of the members of our executive product steering team is over customer experience. And so they are our conduit to our patient uh, advisory group. So we, are, we definitely get their input on the things that they're looking for. Uh, and that kind of drives some of the things that we're introducing. Right. So you've been with Chalk for about a little over three years, right? Looks like. Correct. So this was your first CIO role, previously having spent quite a while at, at Texas Children's. And can you talk about what it was that appealed to you about this specific uh, organization? Sure. So I've been in PEDS, health IT, I'll say over a majority of my career. And so... 
that was important that the organization was in that part of healthcare. But I'll say the thing that, that kind of struck me about Children's Orange County is number one, the vision. CEO's vision and to be the leading destination for children's health. And she didn't put a geography on it. I mean, obviously uh, we're in Orange County, but she didn't put any limitations on that. And so I, I really, really liked that vision. But I think the other elements was the leadership team that I met, the positions that I met made it feel like home. Uh, and so I felt everyone had this overwhelming desire to deliver the, the highest quality care and they were really committed to that. And so that was really important. And I think the other uh, element to it was they're in an area that's not LA, but the community that they're trying to serve and how they're trying to do it was really appealing to me. And what I mean by that is they were doing population health before I joined. And I didn't feel like it was the traditional population health model. They were really yeah. focused on population health for the entire region, not just the patients that were already consuming their services of chalk. And yeah. I just really thought that was really forward thinking for them to be looking at it and actually doing it in that way even before I decided to join. And so uh, that was really exciting you know, and, and, and it really caught my attention. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.